And Abraham is about to deliver the eternal punch here. The eternal punch. That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, here we are to talk about uh, the readings for Sunday, September 29th, uh, also known as the 16th Sunday after Pentecost, the readings for Proper 21. Uh, but uh, we'll get to it. First, though, I got to know, did you watch the Video Music Awards last night? Um, I didn't. They were in no, Newark. I, they were just not that yeah. far from you. Uh, and, yeah. and I think that about says it all. Uh, I th- but can I say, though, no, no. Um, can I say um, my level of cooldom is still shining because... Um, Last week, I mean, so this had been almost like a month ago, but I went to the KISS concert um, in uh, the Barclay Center, and uh, I'm still glowing from that moment. Eat your, that was eat incredible. your heart out, David Saul. Yeah, it was, it was so good. So good. So um, I wouldn't be caught dead at the VMAs, but you could definitely find me at a KISS concert. So, uh, Well, that's our motto, rock and roll all night and party every day. So... Not every day. I'm a responsible adult. I only party part of the day. Part of the day. So, but um, <laughs> good to know. Glad to hear you are so, enjoying your Bud Light responsibly. Yeah, enjoying my forgiveness. So, <laughs> here we are, and uh, so we come to Jeremiah chapter 32, verses one through three, and uh, six through 15 in the lectionary. But if you want, you can add the whole thing in. But it's almost like a history lesson, and it can be kind of confusing. But what's going on here, uh, Aaron? What, what, what's, what's happening? So, yeah, we have these three readings today. They all uh, have a theme going through them, which I think I would characterize as um, kind of the two realities, the earthly reality and the much bigger reality. Um, and in Jeremiah 32, it shows up in a real estate transaction. This is not mm. an exciting passage. Your congregation will be falling asleep one, because it's got Old Testament names like Baruch and Hanamel and all this stuff. But it's all also Shalom. Anathoth is in there too in verse 9 of chapter 32. So all that's in there. Hanamel. Uh, Jake, I'm talking. So, Don't interrupt me. So uh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I love those names. <laughs> it's fun. But uh, yeah, also let your uh, lector know to prepare for this passage. The other thing <laughs> is that it, not only does it have all these weird names that put people to sleep, but it's also... It's about a real estate closing. It's just like, here are all these papers, mm. sign them, talks about deeds and terms and conditions. But here's the thing that's amazing. So what's going on is that uh, um, Judah is and Jerusalem is under attack. The Babylonians are at the gate. Uh, the barbarians are at the gate. And uh, so you can hear the sound of this invading army taking over and destroying everything. And it's and Judah is uh, and Jeremiah is in kind of in prison. He's under house arrest with the king, and um, he buys some land. Uh, his cousin comes to him and says, "Look, there's this thing you can buy. It's your right to get it. Family connections." 
And uh, and Jeremiah, if he, you know, a smart person would have said, no, this land is all going to go to the Babylonians. If I buy something now, it's I'll be throwing my money away. It's like buying land where the government's about to build a freeway or something. You're not going to get anything out mm. of it. And Jeremiah, not only does he say to buy it, he doesn't even try to get a good deal on it. He pays this like high price, 17 shekels of silver. That's like, uh, I mean, shekel is a big amount of weight. And so he buys it. And then Jeremiah goes into great detail about signing, sealing, witnesses, weighing the money on scale. He wants everybody to see it. Um, he yep. gives like he he gets it all properly recorded and the title company and all this sort of stuff. And um and he wants, it's in presence of all the Judeans who were sitting in the court of the guard in verse 12. So basically he's saying, even though the world is ending and Jerusalem's gonna get destroyed and the Babylonians are taking over, I know that God is faithful to his promises. This will be our land uh, and we will be back here. And so I am so confident in God that I will buy land um, and I'm gonna, take this deed and put it in a jar so that I can make sure I have the record so that one day in my lifetime, I'll be able to show up with my deed and I put it in the safety deposit box so it's in good shape. And I can say, here, this is my property. Babylonians are gone and this is mine. And so it's just an incredible picture of faith, not looking at what you can see, which looks hopeless, but at what God has promised. And I think, you know, for the Christian, you look at your life and it looks pretty hopeless. You're not a good parent. You're a bad employee. You're uh somebody who just can't get your act together in all kinds of ways, or you're trying to be a good Christian, you're not doing a good job of that. There's ongoing sin in your life. Um, and you tend to look at yourself in despair. You know, the Babylonians are destroying you from the inside out um, with all their idolatry and whatnot. But what you've got is a God who says, no, look to me. I'm the one that's going to do this. I'm the one that, that's going to make, and I have done it in Christ. So that's your sermon. You just turn it off now, folks. You don't have to listen to any more. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, great job. I could do it all day. Give me another one. (laughs) But I I mean, I think you're absolutely right. And this is really setting the tone for uh, this theme that runs throughout all of the, one of the, one of the themes that runs through all of the passages. And that is this idea of faith. You know, I love how it ends here. Take these deeds, both this sealed deed of purchase and this open deed and put them in an earthenware jar in order that they may last for a long time. Because uh, this promise of faith is not just, this isn't just temporal. This is going to last for eternity. And for thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be brought, bought in this land. AKA, it makes no sense right now, but God is in the redemption business. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's the good word that's coming across. You can't see it. But God has spoken it, and when he speaks something, he creates something, and that something is faith. And, uh, and so he has said this land, uh, will, um, this land is going to do something again. You can't see it, but it's going to happen. And uh, in uh, the, the trash heap of my heart and maybe yours, you wonder if there's going to ever be a vineyard planted there again. Well, listen to that word. God has done it, and he's bought it, and he's coming for you. Coming to get you. Coming to get you. All right, so... Yeah. A uh, little House of Pain reference. There you go. So. Well done, Jacobus. All right. Yes. So now we move on to our epistle reading. Still in First Timothy, now kind of getting to the end of the book, First Timothy 6, where we have yeah. a lot of stuff that sort of, it looks like good advice. Uh, and it is, you know, there's great gain in godliness and combined with contentment, which is actually the opposite. Don't of I know. Most people live. Most people so. live in anxiety and sin. 
and so, yeah, it's right. It's great to be godly and content. Uh, and the the and way he gets at it is like, remember what's actually true. We said there's in all these passages, kind of the earthly reality, what we think is real versus what's actually real. And he says, we brought reminder, everybody, newsflash, we brought nothing into the world so, so that we can take nothing out of it. One of our uh, friends from seminary, Jake, Alex Large, uh, has an app, and I know this from another one of our ne'er, ne'er-do-well friends, RJ Heyman. Uh, Alex apparently has an app on his phone that you too can buy, uh, dear listener, which like mm-hmm. a couple times a day randomly sends you a text and it says, remember, you're going to die. And that's exactly <laughs> what Timothy is hearing here. Um, you know, um, everything. Do you, remember that great, do you remember that great bumper sticker, he who dies with the most toys? Still, still dies. dies. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, never see a U-Haul on a hearse. And, <laughs> no. uh, and th- so did you hear that? What, oh, you know, this is a great joke. This is a great joke. Do it. And this is a perfect sermon illustration. Do it. So there's this guy and, um, he's super rich and he says, you know, when he dies, he's like, um, I want to be buried with my millions of dollars. And so, um, get a big enough coffin and uh, put um, all what's left, you know, my $10 million in there with me. I'm taking it with me. And uh, and so the mortician was like, I'll totally honor that request. And so they got a big coffin out. And, um, and anyway, they were loading the money in and there it was. And right before the mortician closed the, closed the, um, the coffin, he took all the money out and wrote the man a check and uh, placed it in the coffin and closed the coffin up. The point being, you can't take it with you. <laughs> That's a good one. I love it. It's terrible. No, I'm, don't use it. I'm laughing. On that. I thought it was really funny. So anyway. <laughs> oh, all right. So you can't take it with you is the point in this reading. And uh, yeah, which, but, you know, so is that the point of, is that all you say in a sermon? Like, you know, and there's, there's a no, lot of true stuff I mean, in here. Like. Uh, if you want to be rich, you'll fall into temptation, be trapped by senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. You get pierced with many pains. That, yeah. by the way, has happened Just to watch. everybody That's who true. wins the lottery. And there's like, you can read yeah. news articles about this. Like, and researchers have studied this. Like, people who win the lottery, their lives tend to go in the toilet. Their mm-hmm. relationships fall apart. They get divorced. They get arrested. People commit suicide. There's something mm-hmm. about unleashing money into people's lives and kind of building your life around that, right. that seems to uh, destroy people. The what, did, of, what did Biggie, What did St. Biggie Small say? You know, more money, more problems. And just exactly watch right. watch four episodes of uh, NBA Housewives. Oh. It uh, tells you money is not the answer. And so, yeah, but, that's, so, but that's ultimately not what you want to stop on. And, and, that's not yeah, what you want to stop and on. So, and this is true for preachers as it is for regular people uh, who aren't as holy as we are. But, you know, we're fooling ourselves if we think of that holy because look at preachers and sneakers and all those folks that get trapped in this stuff. So instead of that, uh, the writer here tells Timothy, shun all this. Instead, pursue righteousness, godly, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness, which is great. But... Uh, uh, he reminds him of the one thing he has to do, which is to uh, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. Fight the good fight of faith. That's right. Uh, and this, it's it's honest that faith is a fight. It's not something that always comes easy, but you got to but you got to hold on for one more day, as Wilson Phillips sang. <laughs> but why why is faith a fight? And faith is a fight because. Faith is, once again, and we'll say it over and over again, faith is not rooted in what you see. Uh, Faith is rooted in what you hear. And so, and what you, and you know, and this was true in Timothy's day. Uh, 
You know, you had, a, as we talked about last week, you have a Roman emperor who's just terrible. You might have had a governor or a city official who's just decimating you. And you're just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Why does it seem to be that the sun is shining on the unrighteous all the time? And, um, and uh, you know, and who's actually king? By what virtue is he king? Well, um, this is the thing, and it cannot be seen. It has to be heard, and it has to be received. And that is uh, that Jesus is the only sovereign, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. It's he alone who has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. Are you, are you serious, Paul? I mean, do you know where we're living? Do you know what's going on here? No, this is the fight of faith, because what you hear so often runs contrary to what you see. Yep. And that's what he reminds us here in the end of this uh, text. Uh, it is uh, Christ alone, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, who ha- has immortality and dwells in unapproachable light. We get this high Christological vision here at the end, which is to remind us that what you see now is even, uh, if it seems so impressive, it's nothing compared to who we serve. So just keep mm-hmm. that right perspective. And, you know, at the end, there's a word here too, uh, realizing that there are rich people in the church and... Um, and, and Paul's word for those folks here is to not be proud and don't put your hopes on riches, which are uncertain. You can lose it as quickly as you gain it and um, mm-hmm. put your hopes in God and the calling of people who have been uh, given lots of money is to, is to give it away, be generous and ready to share and be rich in good works. Um, and so, uh, and of course, to do that, we look to Christ who, who is the one who's given us everything. And so ultimately it kind of mm. is, is rooted in him. So then we come to our last passage, the gospel uh, in Luke chapter 16, where we are talking uh, again about what seems like the present earthly reality versus the actual true reality. And you get this kind of uh, cool, but gross and scary ghost story that Jesus tells about a guy named Lazarus, not to be confused with Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. This is just another Lazarus. And uh, yeah, <laughs> he's this beggar outside of the door of a rich man whose name we never know, except that he liked to wear purple and fine linen and uh, mm. and liked to eat. I only do it. I only do it nights. <laughs> and, so, like but. you, yeah. And he, and he liked to eat Korean chicken wings every yeah, day right, for lunch. So. Just a whole mm. like two dozen of them. And so, yeah. uh, but every day he would pass by Lazarus covered with oozing sores outside of his gate, and uh, didn't give an even didn't give him even a scrap, not even a bone so, to chew on. And then he dies. Yeah. And so what this is, this is this is a. Uh, Today, this story would be Jesus would be telling the same story, and this would be a person walking around with earbuds on, hey. uh, passing the poor person on the street. Hey. Aaron Zimmerman. Hey. No, but um, <laughs> no, but I mean, this is this is. I mean, Jesus is painting a very uh, dire picture here of a very self-centered person, uh, which, on a profound level, is all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't forget that. And so, um, and you know, you don't want to get into as we're getting ready to move into what happens to this rich man. Um, both Aaron and I have heard sermons where um, an entire cosmology is developed and uh, what does hell look like and uh, what what happened before Jesus died. That's not the point of this passage. Yeah. You know, how big was the gap between Abraham and, and Lazarus and what was really going on? You know, that is to completely miss the point of what's about to happen. So we see here these two men eventually die and there they are. And uh, there's a conversation that happens between uh, the rich man and Abraham. And, uh, and uh, obviously where the rich man goes, it's, it's not good. You know, it's, um, 
It's a, it's a terrible place. But there the guy sees Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. And he calls out, and this is very, very interesting. He says, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Now this, okay, okay, we're getting somewhere. But then here's the, the heart is revealed in a very powerful way. He's not like, forgive my sins. He's like, I'm thirsty. He says, yeah, I'm thirsty. <laughs> and this is the thing is oftentimes, you know, when we get blinded, as Paul is talking about, by, uh, by um, earthly riches, by what we see, we're only going by the immediate need, not the eternal need. And this is what the New Testament is interested in quenching, uh, pun totally intended, is not uh-huh. your temporal things. God is not your sky fairy who's here to deliver you a Mercedes. God is the uh, creator of the universe who has come to deliver your salvation. So, but when we get caught up by what we see, these temp- we get caught up in these temporal things. So he's like, have mercy on me. Give me a glass of water. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. is like completely, and nothing has changed even in hell. Right. He's still just concerned about sort of his physical well-being mm. as opposed to his spiritual one. Yeah. And so then Abraham's got to jump in and reminds him. He's like, hey, child, remember that during your lifetime. And I kind of like see this almost as like, I mean, uh, The Great Divorce. Yeah. I mean, that is such a great book. You know what I mean? And there's all these opportunities. And there, you know, my favorite is the bishop who's down in hell to have a theological discussion on whether Jesus's life was wasted or not, yeah. you know, by dying at 33. Like there's all these opportunities to check something like real eternal life out, but they're so consumed with themselves. And uh, this rich man is just consumed with himself. And so Abraham reminds him, it's no different than when you were a child. Child, remember that during your lifetime, you received good things and Lazarus in the like manner, evil things, but now he's comforted and you're in agony. So if you want to go by the temporal, that's what's going on. If you want to go by the tit for tat, that's what's happening here. Besides, there's this huge chasm fixed. That's not the main thing. Uh, Just forget that part of the sermon. That's not the main thing. And he says, finally, so then it begins to kind of click. And this is the thing I've talked to people and they're like, well, if only I'd see like a burning bush or a comment like, or, you know, God would just talk to me, then I'd really believe. And this guy in the same way says the thing. He's like, well, then I beg you, send someone to my father's house for I have brothers that they may warn them about this place so that they will not also come to this place of torment. So there's some slight care, but it's the wrong thing. It's about temporal things. Yeah. Ultimately, this is what it's getting at. And Abraham is about to deliver the eternal punch here. The eternal punch. And this is good news for those of us who live by faith. Yeah, they have Moses and the prophets and they should listen to them. Uh, so it's like... No, but, no, 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 wait, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. But send, but send someone from the dead. Oh, right. Send someone from I the wasn't dead. There, I was getting there. Come on, preacher, bring there. it. I was yeah. getting there. Yeah, so... Oh, no, I wasn't talking to you. Okay. I set that up on yeah, purpose. So, it was drama. So, <laughs> And very dramatic it was. <laughs> Abraham uh, says, you know, look, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they're not going to listen to anybody else. And the guy's like, well, if somebody goes to the dead, they'll repent. And uh, and it's sort of, yeah, it's this irony here because, uh, you know. Moses and the prophets point to the one who raises right. from the dead. And we do actually have someone who has risen from the <laughs> yeah. dead and gives us this message. And so, you know, this is the word of your congregation. We have the risen Christ. We're not worshiping an idea. We're not worshiping. Um, kind of a pleasant story. We're worshiping a risen Lord, uh, someone who's risen from the dead. And so, man, listen to him, follow him, come to him. That's the point of the whole thing. 
Yeah, cling to him, as uh, Paul says, you know, the one who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's risen from the dead and he delivers to you a word of not get your act together, but a word of, um, hey, peace be with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Hey, your sins are forgiven. Hey, in me, you are totally justified. Um, And uh, those are the eternal riches of the gospel. Um, Not the temporal of give me something to drink, but actually living water, which will quench your thirst forever. Give your people that. Yep. Well, I think that'll sum it up, Jake. Uh, that is. I will. I mean, I can't. What yeah. can I, I can't. How can I top that? I can't. I'm just gonna. I don't know. Stop. Maybe we should talk about St. Michael's Day. Hey, no, I'm just kidding. Which is uh, has been transferred <laughs> to uh, Monday. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, you'll have. To- I know what I'm. I know what I'm doing on Monday. So, but no, I'm just kidding. Celebrating St. Michael <laughs> and all angels. I'm gonna get a haircut. Woo! Somebody's looking. Thanks for listening to Same Old Song, and we hope you found some nuggets that will be helpful either in your preaching or just in your life. If you like what you heard, we would love it if you could leave a rating or review on iTunes. Dave's all will be sad if you don't. We'd like to thank the Narrativo Group for audio production. Keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.